The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Yes, it is the Retirement Clinic today with Aaron Spitzner from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. As you just heard, Aaron is live in studio. I'm Paul Cronforce. Good morning, Mr. Spitzner. Oh, sorry. Good morning. Uh, it's good to be here today. And we got a, a great show lined up to discuss all things uh, life insurance and long-term care planning. Uh, so we have a great guest on as well. Well, introduce our guest. All right, I will. It's, it's Mike Smith. Uh, we've had him on in the past, and he is an owner at CPS Horizon. Uh, he re- represents dozens of uh, insurance firms, so he's able to to look not just at one insurance company, but look uh, at multiple to get you the best rate. Uh, he's uh, a life insurance agent that we uh, we we properly vetted. We you know there's many out there to to uh, look at and, and run insurance through, but at the Coal Investment Group, uh, he's uh, he's one that we trust with all of our clients to handle their life insurance needs. So. Uh, from there, is Mike on with us here? Yes, Mike Smith joins us. Good morning. Good, mo- Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. Welcome back to the program, uh, Mike. We've had you on in the past. It's good to hear from you. I know we're going to talk about all things insurance. I will say this. We do have a boss minute with Aaron Kowal, as always, a a sexy segment about wealth management and preservation in the second half of the show. Uh, This is what we do every week, Aaron. We're doing that today. And Mm -hmm. if people have questions along the way, retirement or insurance questions, and we'll get into talking about long-term care, life insurance trends here in just a bit. Something comes to your head, feel free to call us. We've got lines open, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, always open when we are in live programming. 799-1130 is that phone number. Yep, and I, and I want to stop there because, Mike, did I do uh, the introduction properly? Is there anything else you want to add for me? Who, me? Mike. Yeah, I'll just add a, oh I'll add a couple of things here. I'm a little bit different animal in that I own what's called an insurance brokerage general agency. So like was mentioned, I represent dozens of different insurance companies, but really my clientele are the financial advisors, insurance agents, and attorneys and accountants out there whose clients are looking for insurance solutions. So we do life insurance, disability, long-term care, uh, critical illness. I'll touch on that briefly later on down the line. And um, my role is just to help figure out what's in your client's best interest. Yep, and as a part of the Coal Investment Group, as we always mention, being the retirement specialist, we look at a comprehensive uh, look at our clients' financial needs, um, and part of that process is looking at life insurance, long-term care. A lot of times, uh, clients have existing life insurance policies uh, that they don't know what to do with as they approach retirement. Should they keep the life insurance? Should they get rid of it? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, long-term care planning. Uh, we'll talk about what that is and how we address it at the Cowal Investment Group. Um, but again, I thought it was important to have Mike on. We've had him on in the past. Uh, these are very um, important topics to uh, to uh, cover here today. Uh, so we'll go through that. So, Mike, I know we're going to start out with, and now we got the proper introductions yep. out of the way. I, I did say phone lines are open for questions. And I think you wanted to start out, Mike, by talking about some trends in both life insurance and long-term care. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, Mike, but you helped me out with my wife and I for our life insurance, uh, a, a term policy. And it was a, as smooth as you could ask for. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. I was very happy to help you out. 
And, and that's, you know, that's something you guys do. So you've got some trends you wanted to tell us about. In, in my case, I don't want to talk about it. We did a 15-year uh, term, both my wife and I, which Mike puts me at the tender age of about 70 when that expires. Yeah, and that's what a, a lot of life insurance planning uh, is required or is should be at least looked at during your retirement years and approaching retirement to help just kind of figure out, you know, do I even need life insurance anymore and how much should I have and, and what purpose is it for? And Or maybe you've already had life insurance and you're trying to figure out should you keep it or what other options are available to you. And that's some of the things we'll touch about real quick here in that um, not everybody needs life insurance in retirement years. Um, maybe you've got a lot of life insurance because you had the young kids and now the kids are growing out of the house, knock on wood, and uh, you're in your peak earning years or you're just retired and you're sitting there, boy, do I still need this life insurance? Do I, do I still want to pay premiums on it? Well, one of the things we can do with, with the Colwell clients is, is help with a needs analysis and a life insurance policy review. And what we'll do is all you really need to do is get a copy of your annual statement to the Colwell team, and then I'll take a look at it, and, and I'll point out strengths and weaknesses of your current plan, and then I'll give some suggestions. And maybe the suggestions are leave it alone. This is working great. So it's fantastic. Or, you know, your policy pays dividends, and your dividend that you get each year is buying more insurance. Well, if you really don't need to buy more insurance, why don't we change the dividend to reduce your premium for you? And in some cases, that's the dividends high enough to make the premium payment every year. So that can save you quite a bit of money in that aspect. And then sometimes it makes some sense to leave or switch your life insurance from the current company to something new. Um, there's always innovation going on, much like what your phone is. It used to, your phone now used to, can do multiple different things. Well, life insurance can actually do multiple things, too. It's not just for waiting until somebody passes away. There's something called living benefits where people can have access to the life insurance while they're alive and they can use the money. Now, something kind of lousy has to happen, like there's a stroke or a heart attack or a cancer scare or something, but you can have access to the, the life insurance proceeds while alive if you need it. And the really other aspect that's really uh, becoming very, very popular is adding a long-term care rider to a life insurance policy. And that's where you can have access to the life insurance to help offset your costs for uh, home health care, assisted living, or long-term care costs. That has grown in popularity tremendously. So, and, and that's... A, people are doing it. Mike, that's a good thing, right? Long-term care coverage. I know for years I've heard many people say that they, uh, uh, generally Americans are just undercovered in that area. We push it off. It's on the back burner. Maybe someday we'll get to it. Now you're saying that it's starting to catch on a little bit. I would say it's really been catching on over the last five years, but over the last 18 months, really because of COVID, we're starting to see or we have seen significant increase in people saying, boy, I should be looking at some kind of long-term care insurance, whether it's traditional long-term care or a hybrid with life and long-term care or annuity with long-term care features. The interest and the um, people making that move and purchasing some kind of insurance to cover long-term care expenses has has grown tremendously, especially over the last 18 months. Well, Aaron, one of the things you, Jeff Kowal, everybody at the Kowal Investment Group, we talk about it all the time. We're living longer as Americans, right? Yep. And I've seen some uh, some research out of California where they're 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 now dumping money into uh, these programs that uh, I don't know. You take a pill and it'll allow you to live forever, kind of thing. 
I think it's some weird Elon Musk type of thing. He's always got his hands in those things. But <laughs> one, I guess, like you know. The fountain of youth kind yeah, of pill or I something? I don't know. I don't know if I would take it. But uh, the one thing we look at is, is part of our client's process, you know, their their planning process is taking a look at, hey, how does the retirement cash flow look uh, if, if all things go well in retirement? Uh, and then we, we stress test it for long-term care expenses. Um, and then we'll see whether or not, uh, you know, you can pay for those uh, long-term care, nursing home costs, in-home care out of pocket. And then the third step would be, hey, what if we uh, tie in some sort of a long-term care policy? Um, how does that uh, help out the plan in the long run? And then we would explore costs, uh, pros and cons of the policies, benefits, things like that, and introduce Mike into the uh, conversation as well. So there is a process that we follow uh, in which um, we go through with all of our clients as we look into long-term care uh, planning. Do you think America is, uh, Mike, in general regarding just life insurance, underinsured, just about right, or what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I'm going to try to give this as a, a non-biased answer as possible here. When you ask an insurance person if they think people have enough insurance, <laughs> um, this, this circumstance really depends upon your your individual circumstance. And that's where you say, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a new family here. I've got young kids. Yeah, you, you definitely need to have some life insurance. And what, really what it comes down to for life insurance is if you weren't around anymore and there are people who are dependent upon the income you bring in and they will be uh, greatly affected by your inability to bring in income anymore because you're not around anymore, those are the people you buy life insurance for. I mean, that's so those are the people you want to protect. So whether it's young families or it's empty nesters, but they're still – a mortgage and uh, uh, or there's still some debt or something along those lines, that's where you got to take a look and say, do I need some life insurance? Now, if you've got enough other assets and they're positioned properly, they'll make up any lost income. Maybe you don't need life insurance, but for the vast amount of Americans, they're somebody who's dependent upon their income. And so, yes, I think life insurance is something that uh, most people are, do not have the proper amount. They don't know how to figure out the proper amount. That is what we can help with. And uh, and then it's also making sure you've got the proper type. Um, well, you read my mind. The most important. Mike, you, let's back up. What you just said was my next question. Are we properly covered? So how much is your life insurance policy for? And that, you know, people are going to say, well, I got to pay a higher premium for, but you got to do the math there, right? I, everybody's situation is different. What's your mortgage like? What's your situation like? But do you think we're properly covered? Most Americans are not. They're mm. grossly underinsured. Uh, let's do a real quick little exercise here to help somebody figure out the proper amount. And uh, like I'll pick on Aaron and his wife here, you know, because I help them with their insurance as well. Um, one of the things you do is, okay, if, if, if something happens, do you want the mortgage paid off? And the answer yes or no. And let's say it's a $300,000 mortgage. Okay, there's at least $300,000 worth of life insurance to consider. Do you want some money set aside for the kid's education? Yes. Okay, let's set aside hundred grand for each kid's uh, college education. All right, so if you've got a couple of kids, there's another top couple hundred thousand. All right, and if there's any other debts you want paid off, okay, let's say there's 15000 other debts to pay off. Right there, you're looking at 515000 worth of life insurance just to just provide education and, and keep the roof over their head. It does nothing yet to replace the lost income. So if Aaron is the key breadwinner in the household, how much of his income does he want to replace to keep he and his family comfortably financially? And that number is all that number varies, but you know, lots of people say maybe you want to do ten to fifteen times your income. 
So if your income is is a hundred thousand, maybe you really need to be doing looking at a million to a million and a half worth of life insurance. That is not unrealistic numbers at all. That's very much where people should be considering. Well, you're exactly right. And without picking on Aaron, he's a smart guy. I'm sure he's done the right thing for coverage. But I, I can imagine a lot of Americans are going to say, uh, you know, I don't need that much. Well, then you say the what if, like you just said, Mike, what if you're gone? Your income's now gone and and you leave a wife and two kids. I also think that oftentimes people get discouraged when they hear these big numbers in terms of uh, life insurance, but uh, they get discouraged when they think, well, boy, what's that going to cost? And I think for most people, they're surprised once they go through the underwriting process, the blood work and all that, it comes back and they see where they're uh, where their estimated premium would be, and that it is very affordable. When you think of what you spend your money on other things on an annual basis, uh, putting some aside towards a long, or excuse me, a life insurance policy, uh, isn't that hard to do? Uh, Mike Smith is our is our guest. We got to sneak in a quick break with Aaron Smithner. Uh Mike, your company is CPS Horizon. What's the best way to reach out to you? Well, if you want to reach out directly to me, um, you can email me at Mike at CPS Horizon, that's Horizon with an H, dot com, or my phone number is uh, 414-427-8660. we got a lot more or coming up. the Cobalt team. Yeah, or just reach out to the Kowal Investment Group. Good point, Mike. Um, and, of course, your website, thekowalway.com. Aaron, you've got uh, – you work out of that Racine office. Yeah, we, we didn't even cover our, our multiple locations here. So we have our Racine office off 94 and Highway 20, our headquarters in uh, Waukesha, and uh, also in Port Washington, and our office down in Phoenix as well. And you can find us at thekowalway.com or 262-522-4040. Well done, Aaron Spitzner. Also, the market reports, those business reports daily on WIBA Madison, where this show is also heard, and WISN in Milwaukee. You hear those market updates throughout the week, Monday through Friday. Uh, A lot of stuff coming up yet with Mike. We're going to talk about insurance, yes, but kind of dive deep into the weeds. Also, your retirement questions and concerns as the retirement clinic continues. We'll be right back. We are back on WISN and WIBA, the retirement clinic. Now, typically, Aaron Kowal does the boss minute. I'm told this is going to you, Mike Smith. Joining us, our guest from CPS Horizon is Mike Smith. And you've got the boss minute today, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, What we're going to talk about today is business valuations and the importance of succession planning. Uh, When I say business valuations, that's with a V. Try to get an idea what the value of your business is. A lot of small business owners just are so busy running their day-to-day operations, they really might not have a good idea what the value of their business is. And it's incredibly important, at least you know, every couple of years, get a, get a good idea of what the value of your business is. And ordering a business valuation plan through your attorney or accountant, uh, most likely a, a specialized accountant is probably the best way to go, um, can certainly help you with that. Um, but that can get a little costly. You know, three, four, ten thousand dollars is not uncommon for a business valuation. Um, there are some programs that we have through CPS or the Cool Team where we can 
can get a business valuation done at no cost with just some uh, simple documentation that you can provide to us. And the other thing we'll do is we'll take a look at your operating agreement or if there's a buy-sell agreement, the importance of taking a look at that and making sure the buy-sell agreement is set up properly and is still current. I meet with many business owners through the financial planners that I work with in the Colwell team, and they have a buy-sell agreement because there's multiple partners in the business, but it hasn't been looked at in years. And now there's new partners or there's mistakes or it's not current. And one of the things that we can do is take a look at that current operating agreement or buy-sell agreement and point out the strengths and weaknesses and make suggestions on how to improve it. And many, many times, it's I, ca- I catch errors. Ninety um, percent of the buy-sell agreements that come across my desk, I can take, I can find an error in within the first couple of minutes. And most of the time, it's just not because people aren't keeping current with it. Interesting stuff, Mike. Um, now that that was uh, just a tad over a minute, so you did well. That's <laughs> oh, okay. He said. <laughs> It's a minute, <laughs> but I can take follow-up questions. <laughs> exactly. The It's for business owners, their savings, their security. Mike Smith is with us. And, you know, when we started the show, Aaron Spitzner in studio from the Kowal Investment Group talking about life insurance. Are we underinsured? Is it just about right? I think the consensus was uh, most Americans need to kind of get caught up to speed and make sure they're properly covered. You did want to just finish a, a comment on the long-term care coverage, Mike, and then we're going to dive into the, um, the to the premium increase and what you can and cannot afford. But go back to long-term care quickly. Sure. Um, many, many people try to figure out, do I even need long-term care insurance? I've heard it's really expensive. Um, there's lots of different ways you can use some kind of insurance to pay for long-term care expenses. Medicare does not cover any part of long-term care services. Medicaid does, and that's actually the primary uh, method that most people use to pay for the long-term care expenses. But to qualify for Medicaid, you pretty much have to be dirt broke. Uh, There's very little money you're allowed to keep in your estate or in your assets and, and then have Medicaid kick in. Cool team, uh, the chances are you're not anywhere near dirt broke. So you're going to be either paying for long-term care services out of pocket or you're going to be considering some kind of insurance. And like we talked a little bit before, there's life insurance with a long-term care rider. There's annuities that you can reposition that provide tax-free dollars for long-term care. But traditional long-term care insurance is always going to give you the best bang for your buck, meaning the most amount of benefit for the least amount of premium. But it does come with some pitfalls, and some of that is, what if I pass away without ever using it? And that's what we have to try to do is help determine, one, if you even need long-term care insurance, and two, what's the best type? And the Colwell team does a great job by stress testing the portfolio to help determine your needs, and then it's a matter of, okay, let's explore the very different options available and uh, figure out what's in your best interest. Yeah, you brought up a good point. What if you don't use that insurance? I could say the same with my car insurance, right? I hope I don't have to use it, but you bet I've got car insurance. Uh, so it, it's similar in, in that regard. So I get the people that say, I don't know if I can afford it. Aaron Spitzner, you wanted to talk about the uh, increase in premiums. Well, yeah, the, the other thing is when you're talking about long-term care planning, it, you know, Mike, if you could address, you know, somebody comes into the, into the office and um, – they're not sure whether or not they might be too old 
to buy the long-term care policy? You know, am, is it too late to buy it or am I too early to buy it? Uh, what is the sweet spot in terms of age to go through underwriting and look into a long-term care policy? Again, when is it too late and when is it too early? So the, the timing was, as far as the sweet spots would be between the ages of 50 and 65. That's when underwriting is, is pretty, is a little bit easier. I'm not going to pull any punches here. Underwriting for long-term care is not easy. They are quite picky. They want some people who have uh, decent health. But if you're diabetic or you've got some other issues, you still can get uh, long-term care insurance. But underwriting is a little more difficult. But between ages of 50 and 65, you'll see the pricing is generally pretty darn good. Um, and then um, underwriting is easier. Once you hit 65, then all of a sudden the insurance companies start getting a little more, more challenging with underwriting. Now they want to not only do you apply for the insurance, but now they're going to have someone come over to your house and in, interview you and give you a memory test and make sure you're, um, you're, you're in good health and things. Um, but traditional long-term care insurance is still possible. I think if you're over 65, between the ages of 65 and 72, you can still get it. But once you hit 73 and older, there might be better alternatives for um, traditional long-term than traditional long-term care insurance. So there's usually better options available in that particular those ages, 65 to 72. Do you want to talk about any like what those options would be at all? I mean, if somebody if they waited too long, in which direction would they go? Well, if they if they're uh, if they waited too long, let's say they're in their mid 70s now. Uh, traditional long-term care insurance is going to be darn expensive. Um, and that's maybe where you take a look at some life insurance with a long-term care rider. It could be less expensive to do it that way. Um, and then you also know that if you never use the long-term care, you're going to get some uh, money back when you pass away, your family will. Uh, but the other way, the most popular way when people are over 72 is what's called a hybrid or an asset-based long-term care plan. And that's where people typically take, a, take an asset. Maybe it's an existing annuity or they decide to sell some stocks or they've got CDs or money market accounts or just cash sitting on the sidelines. You make a single premium. You just transfer that funds, those funds over and you should get a multiplier um, two or three times that amount. So you've got a, let's say you've got an annuity that's worth $100,000. If you switch it to an annuity with long-term care features on it, it can be worth $300,000 for long-term care expenses. And all of that is tax-free. And we find the underwriting on those type of plans a little bit easier. But what you're basically doing is repositioning an existing asset to help provide for long-term care dollars. And there are uh, uh, tens of millions of dollars of, of uh, people putting money into those plans across the country. They're very popular. So I guess my takeaway here would be that if you're somebody who is questioning whether or not they need long-term care, uh, you may think that it might be too late. That's not necessarily the truth. Uh, there's lots of different options to explore, uh, the, the, you know, regardless of your age, uh, to, to capture that sort of long-term care coverage. And I think one of the most important things to do is, to, regardless of whether you get long-term care insurance or not, is no matter what age you are, have the conversation with your spouse or your family is, what's your plan? And the Cobalt team has got a great little guide called What's Your Plan? And if I think, if, Aaron, if you have people call in or want a copy of that uh, guide, What's Your Plan? It's a guide that really helps people try to figure out if I need long-term care, not necessarily insurance, but if I need long-term care services, what are my wishes? 
do I want to be receiving care at home or do I want to go to a particular nursing home if that's, uh, God forbid, that's where I have to go or, you know, what home health care agency should I use? Who's going to help me provide care? Is it going to be my family? Is it going to be my spouse? Is it going to be one of my kids? Does my kid know this, that they're there to plan? And having an open discussion amongst the generations of family while people are still healthy enough to make those decisions on their own is invaluable. And Mike, go ahead. That's probably the best advice I've heard. What you just said is so true. We don't like talking about things like this for whatever reason. Makes us feel uncomfortable. Our own mortality, right? You know, who wants to plan their own funeral? Although experts are saying now that's probably the best thing you can do. It eases the burden on your spouse, on other family members. And as far as long-term care, what are your wishes? Uh, put those in writing. You said the Cowell Group has something called What's Your Plan? Yeah, and that's something that if you're if you're interested, reach out to our office again two six two five two two forty forty, and we'd be happy to uh, get that that booklet out to you. And I, that's a great point, Mike. As far as uh, letting your family members know, I've had multiple conversations where I brought this up with clients, and oh yeah, my my son's gonna take care of me, and my daughter's gonna take. Well, they <laughs> oh, they really? have families, and you know they may. You know, maybe they don't know that. But did you even ask them? Yeah, yeah. So oftentimes, oh, they, yeah, they'll, they'll take care of me. I think, Mike, there's a lot of assumptions in life. We just assume kids are going to step in. Unfortunately, we lost my dad this last year. I learned a lot of things about the way life goes on after that, right? And um, yeah, one of the things my wife and I did was we bought our own little, uh, we call it our condo at our at our church cemetery. We bought the columbarium slot for our for our ashes. It's done. Right, it's purchased. It's it's finished. We did a a, a trust. Uh, we work with experts on a retirement plan, and of course, long term care would be something that one should talk about with their spouse as well. But Mike, if you were venturing to guess on the percentage of Americans that don't have long term care, I bet you you're going to say it's pretty low. The, the people who oh the people who don't have long term care, the people who don't is a huge number. It's the people who have taken the time to plan for their care and uh, you know have a written plan that's too low we really need to have that conversation because um, lots of times the incident that causes a long-term care event is is surprising to people it catches people off guard whether it's a stroke or a heart attack or something along those lines um, long-term care insurance can also cover um, dementia and alzheimer's and those are the type of things you can see progressing um, but you know, there's often it's it, people are caught off guard. They, that stroke happened unex, completely unexpectedly, and now everybody's scrambling trying to figure out what to do. And and kids are flying back from from around the country. You're trying to figure out who's taking care of mom and dad. And tensions can run incredibly high mm. within families when something like that happens. And you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be a little bit stereotypical here, but um, this is where national statistics are is that if something happens, it's either a daughter or a daughter-in-law that ends up providing the care, and that causes a lot of animosity against the brother or the brother-in-law or something along those lines. And having a written plan is so important. Yeah, you're right. You don't want to see it get – the tensions can break up families and just, you know, uh, you don't want to see that happen in general. Mike, you're right. I asked the question wrong. It's the percentage of Americans uh, that – don't properly have long-term care coverage is very high. The people that do would be low. And we want to see that number turned around, right? Absolutely. And, and again, if insurance is not for everybody, but having the conversation about the plan should be for everybody. It's no different than why it's so important to have a will or a guardianship for your kids or uh, powers of attorney. 
every American really should have this because if you don't have a written plan, you're letting someone else make the decisions for you. And they might not have your best interest in mind. So have the conversation with your family and your loved ones while you still can. And the plan can obviously be modified. You know, uh, here's what the plan is now. But, okay, three years from now we decide to move locations. Okay, let's update the plan. Here's who's going to take care of things or here's the new facility or here's the new home health care agency that we want to work with. Have that have that document and have that discussion. It's so important. Yeah, Aaron, we got a break here in a minute or two, but real quickly, that that is such solid advice. Mike, another thing it does is it gives you peace of mind, less anxiety when you get done with this stuff. Okay, got that done. We've got life insurance. We're covered, right? That, that's a good feeling. Yeah, and oftentimes... Well, I was, I was going to say oftentimes, and I don't know if we have time for even this before the break, but, uh, you know, you run through the scenarios and, and a lot of clients will, will say, hey, you know, I ran through it. I can pay for this this long-term care out of pocket. Um, it's not going to blow up my financial plan. I can pay for somebody to come to the house and take care of, of me for, you know, 50 hours a week for a couple of years, and then I can pay for a nursing home. Uh, and it's, you know, I can pay for it out of pocket. Why would I go and get a long-term care plan? Who's doing the sexy segment, Aaron? I never asked you that. The sexy segment? Yeah, it's coming up next. Oh, Mike is going to do the sexy segment. <laughs> Did you tell him? It is Mike Smith all hour. Yeah. Mike, it's so, all yours. We'll do that after the break. It's about wealth management and preservation, obviously, with Mike Smith from CPS Horizon, talking about all types of insurance and long-term care, life insurance. If you've got questions, a couple of texts came, came in. Uh, we can get to those, or you can call us, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1130, or check out the com, the com, or their office, 262-522-4040. Hosted today by Aaron Spitzner, the Retirement Clinic, with our guest, Mike Smith. We'll be right back on WISM Milwaukee and WIBA Madison. That music means the sexy segment. We're back. WISN and WIBA, the retirement clinic about wealth management and preservation. Today's host is Aaron Spitzner. But this segment goes to our guest with CPS Horizon, Mike Smith. It's all yours. All right. I appreciate that. You were talking about wealth preservation. And so we're going to talk about something a little on the advanced side, but outside the box thinking a little bit here. Uh, and of course, because I do insurance, it's going to have, involve some insurance. But with the upcoming tax situation and also some recent tax laws that were passed, like the SECURE Act, looking at some kind of method to help pay taxes when you and a spouse pass away uh, is something that's critical now, in my opinion. Um, the SECURE Act used to allow people to transfer their IRAs to another generation and they used to be able to, they could take their IRA distributions out of the lifetime. Well, that cha- that law changed and now a child beneficiary of an IRA has, uh, or other beneficiaries, have only 10 years to take out the money from the their inherited IRA, thus causing big tax bites. And then with the proposed tax bites that are coming down the line here with the current administration, um, it's certainly very feasible to see that uh, 
when people pass away, there's the government's going to come in and, and get their piece of the pie as much as they can. And, and that number is growing over the years as to how much they can tap into and what assets. So what people are doing here, it's really started to pick up, is purchasing something called second-to-die life insurance. Uh, not the best uh, topic or uh, title I understand that, but what it is, it's a life insurance policy that covers two people, uh, usually a husband and a wife, because when the second one passes away, that's when um, the life insurance proceeds are paid out. So the first person passes, proceeds are paid out, but when the second one passes away, the proceeds of the life insurance are paid out, and that coincides with when the taxes are typically due for the next generation. So we're seeing a big uptick in, in uh, people who are applying for second-to-die life insurance. Um, not huge amounts of life insurance, but kind of enough to cover the taxes that will be due to that next generation or that next beneficiary, and thus preserving and passing more of the assets on to that beneficiary. Uncle Sam's still going to get their chunk, but they're going to get it from our life insurance policy instead of existing assets, uh, whether it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or something along those lines. Aaron, are you seeing a big uptick, too, in, in those conversations with your clients about tax planning at, uh, during retirement? I was going to say, you know, it, it's, a, it's one of those strategies that uh, it's definitely um, – it depends on the generosity, I think, of the, uh, of the couple because there, there are the – you know the yeah the concerns about the the tax bill uh, once you both die with the changes in in law uh, where they'll have to distribute those funds over ten years, uh, but then of course it depends like you know it depends on the mindset of the client. You know there are some people that uh, you know what you know I've given them enough throughout my life. I paid for their college, whatever they can pay a little bit of tax, uh, but also dependent upon the portfolio size and the potential tax bill coming down the road, and um, maybe they're more generous or whatever it may be. But the the, the plan there definitely, um, I think, is very good in terms of uh, preserving and protecting, passing on those assets. Absolutely. And for, for a lot of people, it's creating a, a more of a lasting legacy. Yep. So it's not for everybody. I get that. Um, but yep. it, and it doesn't have to be for the super rich by any means. But it's, it's, but it's a solid strategy that we're seeing uh, middle America start to look at those type of planning more and more often uh, because it's, something that's important to them. They've worked hard for a long time, and now Uncle Sam wants to come and get more and more money. The next generation's finding it more difficult. Um, if they can pass more money on to their kids or grandkids, that's what their intent would be. Yep. Yeah, and I think that that uh, also flows well into, before uh, break, we were talking a little bit about um, if somebody has, um, you know, no need to, you know, let's say they'd be able to pay for this long-term care expense out of pocket. Now, switching gears a little bit, going back to long-term care, if they were pay, able to pay for it out of pocket, say, uh, the couple years of in-home care, somebody coming to the house to take care of them, a year or two in a nursing home, uh, and it wouldn't necessarily destroy their plan. You know, they still have a significant amount of money left to pass on to their kids when they're older. Uh, why would they still explore long-term care? Uh, it comes up a lot in conversation where, hey, you know, things look good, um, is it something that somebody should just dismiss and say, you know what, yeah, I'll pay for it? Or are there still good reasons to look into those long-term care policies? Well, one of the things that people don't realize is if you qualify for a claim for long-term care, and let's take 30 seconds to describe what that is. If you if you have a long-term care insurance policy and you think you want to qualify for a claim, 
Your doctor says you have to you have to have a cognitive impairment such as Alzheimer's or dementia, or you cannot perform two of the activities of daily living without somebody helping you. And that's kind of like the first things you do in the morning: getting dressed, getting in and out of bed, you know, transferring, using the bathroom, bathing, eating. If you can't perform some of those activities without somebody helping you, that's what qualifies for a, a, a successful long-term care insurance claim. Now, to go more directly with your question here is. All right, if I've got enough assets to do that, why do I need to, to, to pay for someone to help me? Why do I need long-term care insurance? Because when you file a claim, most of the insurance companies provide a care coordinator to help through the claims process, but also help guide you as to what kind of services you need. Is it Do you need to go into just home health care so you can, you can stay at home? Or do you need to go to a facility? And they can help you figure out what home health care agency and what facility you can go to. And for a lot of people, they say, you know what, I'll get a modest, I'll get a relatively small, modest long-term care policy just so I can have access to the care coordinator. Because if my kids are in different parts of the state or different parts of the country, who's going to help provide and figure this stuff out for me? Well, if I can have a care coordinator help me figure this stuff out or help my family or answer the questions my family has, that goes a long way and provides an additional level of comfort for a lot of people who have enough assets to pay for long-term care services on their own. Let's just get something small so we can have something that makes it easier on us and makes it easier on the family and provides that quality service. Mike, uh, well said, uh, and you did a great job on the sexy segment, by the way, here on WISN and WIBA, the Retirement Clinic, Aaron Spitzner. A couple calls and questions coming in more along the retirement side of things, but that's why we're here, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll take those, and Ryan in Pewaukee's been hanging on. Ryan, good morning. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic. How can we help? Good morning, guys. Um, I have a question about retiring early. I'm, I'm 44 years old. Um, I'm planning on retiring at 50, um, and I'd like to know, you know, on an average, I know this is a very vague question, um, on an average, what would I have to pay as a healthy 50-year-old male for, like, medium coverage, and then uh, the best of the best coverage. I know that's a very vague question, and I'm not sure if uh, it's probably going to require a vague answer, but do you have any clue what the average person would have to pay for something like that? Ryan, are you looking for uh, health insurance or life insurance? or Health insurance. Um, so there are – that's kind of a loaded question. You're right in terms of what you would have to pay. Um, mm-hmm. There is a, a – a calculator out online uh, that you can use. It's very easy, um, and it's a subsidy calculator. So it's uh, the website is kff.org, and you'll find an interactive subsidy calculator that you'll put in your uh, the number of people being covered, your age, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a smoker or non-smoker, um, and your annual income. Annual income is the big driver on how much you're going to pay in health insurance costs. Uh, currently, really? it's not necessarily under, it's not a law, uh, but it's it's in effect for the next two years. Uh, this started in March of this past year. Uh, that it's roughly 8.5% of your annual income is what you're going to have to contribute towards your premium uh, for a health insurance policy. So if you make $100,000, 8500 is what you're going to have to pay annually. Um, of course, okay. so these costs depend upon age. It depends upon income. But again, the income is the biggest driver. Uh, so it's something to be aware of. I would say right now for a bronze plan, you'd be somewhere probably eighty-five to ten thousand dollars annually. You know that for an individual. Can, for an actually be a household. If you go to the 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 interactive, you know, uh, subsidy calculator, it for most people uh, they're 
they're pretty surprised by the the co- you know the cost. They're, yeah. they're they're happy with it right now. But again, this is going to go back um, to the the prior law in two years. So you have two years under this, and then it goes back, and then costs could go up again. You know, so Ryan, first off, congratulations, because at your age, if you're thinking about retiring by 50, that's pretty early, so you must be mm-hmm. doing good. But yes, health insurance is something you need. It's a big factor, and I think you've got more questions. Well, how much would like the gold package be? Would that be like twenty to twenty-five grand a year, roughly? Again, I'm just looking for a ballpark here. I'm not sure what the the different tiers are. It's of course going to depend upon different coverages that you need, but I'd recommend just heading out to the website kff.org. I mean, you're going to spend probably five minutes putting in those numbers, just seeing depending sure. upon your zip code, depending upon income. What is that? Kff.org. Yep. And again, yeah, when you know what? I got good benefits here at WISN for 30 years. Uh, it's something you almost take advantage of or, or you take for granted, I should say. When you work somewhere, you don't realize how much your employer is kicking in for you yeah. and your family. Yeah, right. And Mike, do you have right, any guys, thoughts? Right, yeah, thank thank you. you, Ryan. Any thoughts right, on, on that question? Mike, do you want to chime in? Well, health insurance is not my area of expertise, so I think Aaron gave some solid advice as far as where to go for health insurance rates. But it should also, before retirement age, you should assess what you have existing for your other insurance, life insurance, property and casualty insurance. You know, Before you make a retirement decision, you want to take a look at all of those type of insurances that are what's necessary, what isn't, uh, get, get competitive quotes. And then figure out, okay, how long do I need insurance for and what type? And make sure you build that into your budget when you're you're retiring because that that catches a lot of people off guard. Oh, I think that's great advice. In fact, when you retire, Aaron, you guys do a kind of a cash flow to see. You put a pencil to paper. Well, we want to do it before you retire, yeah. And take a look at the retirement cash (laughs) flow. To make sure I make the property Yeah, make sure that you're not retiring too early. Um, And for some people, it's maybe they're retiring too late. Maybe they should have got out a few years ago. Yeah, but but this guy's going to be, he's only 44. Well, yeah, but um, also you want to get out. I mean, I don't know his entire financial (laughs) situation, but you want to have your health and maybe he has some other plans. And like you said, maybe he did a great job saving over the years. And and also the big thing I always... um, you know, tell people to look at is how much you're spending. I mean, that's your biggest driver of success in retirement is is how much you're spending on a on a monthly basis. Boil it down to a monthly number. What's your and, lifestyle like now? Will that continue? Yeah, by the way, your you quality main, of life yeah, in retirement. Want, if you want to maintain that, uh, take a look at those what those expenses are. And for some people, if they're you know sky high, well, you're gonna have to work a little longer. Mm. Other people, I'm surprised at how low they are. And maybe it could be covered by Social Security, just a small distribution from your retirement accounts. Again, if he's younger, you know what accounts are you pulling from? You know you have to be yeah. mindful of those those ages as well. So when That's, you can get the money out without penalty. Some guys just want to cut their grass. A lot grass. of good questions there about Ryan and Pewaukee. That was, that was a good. I mean, he's thinking, he's yeah. doing it, he's he's going to run the numbers. And that's the way you should do it. We'll be back. We're going to get some final thoughts from our guest, Mike Smith from CPS Horizon. From the Kowal Investment Group, Aaron Spitzner, your host on the Retirement Clinic. WIBM Madison, WISM Milwaukee. Wrapping up the retirement clinic, we only have about a half a minute, so we're going to make a quick thank you, Mike Smith from CPS Horizon. Great talk today. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Happy to do it anytime. And again, CPS Horizon, Mike Smith. To reach out to you, Aaron Kowal? Aaron Kowal. Oh. <laughs> Aaron Spitzner. Reach out Aaron at 
and everybody at the Kowal Investment Group at thekowalway.com uh, and 262-522-4040. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend.